0: Daphne had gotten the money out of a locker at the YWCA. It was money she had gotten from Carter's family. $30,000 to leave town. She was still convinced, though, that her Negro blood didn't matter now that Terrell couldn't use it to keep the man she wanted to marry out of the Maz race. She was in love and couldn't see for dreaming. Any better than the rest of us, I guess. Because even though we had fought a war to keep the world free, The color line in America worked both ways and even a rich white man like Todd Carter was afraid to cross it.
1: now hello everybody welcome Uh, into the cinema night podcast it's our first show of 2021 and we could not have a better guest in store for you today it's one of our special episodes where we bring someone that we know or we don't even know necessarily but they're fans of the pod (laughs) they love movies And we respect their movie opinions generally. So, that person this week is Brian Madison. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show.
2: What's going on, guys? Mad dog. Hey, buddy. It's uh, Good to see everybody. It is.
1: It's a pleasure to have you aboard, man. We've been, uh, I mean, you are like one of the experts in film. I mean, Chad Gibbons knows film. And we gave him a lot of credit when he came on the show. But you are also
2: very dignified. I I don't know. (laughs) But, oh. I'll take comp- I'll take compliments where I can get them, but uh, expert. I mean, okay. I mean, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Expert for sure.
1: Let's go. Go humbly, is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the whole gang's here. Yeah, we got Travis and Eric. Uh, Travis, it's Happy New Year. How you feeling now? I-
3: I'm I'm doing I'm doing really well. And speaking of uh, Chad Gibbons, who our recent uh, guest host and friend, I uh, was going through some stuff, and I found a copy of the screenplay that he wrote, like I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, called "At the End of oh, the Hall." Oh, holy That's shit! That's a good script. So, I it's been so long since I've read it, I have no recollection of it, but I'll, I'll reread. At the it. End of a hall is, yeah. is, it, is it what drama, horror? I, I, I have no recollection. I've read it 20 <laughs> years ago, 10 years ago. I'm not sure. It's but a thriller, I'm, I'm and we're gonna read it wrong? again. And I'm gonna to report to back.
4: About how, uh, we used to laugh about how the title sounded a lot like actor Anthony Michael Hall.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Is it- that's interesting. I wonder when, uh, maybe we get Chad to come At back the on the show the and hall. talk about it. Yeah. Maybe. Are you going to read it, Travis? The Did you read it or just pull it out?
3: Do you listen to the, th- the things I say?
1: No. <laughs> no. Clearly, no.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, guess who's here, guys? I Dave Petrucci. I've never seen him on
1: the show. Hello, Dave Petrucci. Happy did. New Year. Okay, Cinema9Pod at ProtonMail.com. That's where you can email us, tell us what you've been watching. Uh, maybe you had two weeks off with the Christmas and New Year's break, and you got to watch a shitload of movies, and we would love to hear about those and any choices uh, for future uh, listeners' choices, which we're going to modify in 2021, but we'll tell you about that another time. Today, we are focusing on Brian's selection. It is called Devil in a Blue Dress, 1995. Real quick, Brian, can you tell us why you chose this film?
2: Um, so, okay, so when you guys uh, floated the idea of me being a guest on uh, this awesome podcast, um, of which <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Thanks, buddy.
1: Uh, that makes Travis so, really happy, by the way. He
3: wants It's you, good. It's good. It's, he wants the guests to be fans. So.
2: It's, it's, it's a really, really good. It, it is them- uh, my
3: constant rotation. I want them to at least know the format. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah so, uh, so I wanted to. Uh, I definitely wanted to do a uh, a thriller type, possibly film noir, possibly detective story. So it's one of my favorite genres, uh, subgenres, if you will. And um, uh, I think I was trying to think of all the great detective film noir movies, and I decided to go with one that was, um, you know, not only underrated but criminally underseen. Um, every time I bring this movie up to to uh, to friends, acquaintances, whatever, they're like, uh, "Never seen that. What the hell is that? What what is that movie?" Oh, it's only one of the most underrated film noir detective stories of all time. Back in nineteen ninety five, uh, it, it was it's 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 insane how unseen this movie was. So I decided that let's uh, let's go for it. Let's do it on the podcast. Wow. I find I also, your belief
0: system fascinating.
1: I really do. I think that is really cool, man. I am totally down with your opinions, and we're going to talk more about Devil in Blue Dress when we get into the Does It hold Up section, but I just wanted to get the little uh-huh. teaser for why you chose the film. Overall, though, we're going to do our quarantine viewing picks. Uh, Brian, I hope you brought some movies to recommend to people because you know how that
2: goes, right? A couple, a couple. Okay. A couple.
1: Okay, good, good. I don't want to waste any more time. I want to give Travis the floor. But before I do that, I want to say, guys, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We're really trying to step up our efforts in 2021. We want to expand our uh, base and get to know more people, learn about more films. There's so many goddamn movies. There's no way we'll get through all of them. If we did the show for 52 weeks every year till the day we die, we would still never get to all the films, but we would still like to expose ourselves to further Um, realms of film, I suppose. So having said that, Travis, um, are you back at work now?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm teaching it in person, but real quick, how are things in Griffith, Indiana, Eric Ranstrom? We didn't say hello to you. I was feeling a little bit left out. Uh,
1: (laughs) He said something, so he introduced himself. I I was like, okay, here he is. It doesn't
4: work that way. I want the full honor of a proper introduction. I'm sorry. I apologize.
1: It's understandable. Understandable. no way to start 2021.
4: Eric, Griffith, Indiana, how the hell is it going over there? Happy New Year. I'm so happy to be here with my dear friend, Brian Madison. Who could forget? This friendship goes back to 1996, March 10th. It was around 2 Um, a.m. March 10th, my good friend, Brian. (laughs) I'll never forget it. My journal will tell you a lot more, but oh man, okay. I'm here to say that uh, I'm so happy. And Angie if you're listening, I love you. My heart is with you.
1: Very nice. That is sweet,
4: sweet and tender. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, good. Is that better? Are we satisfied with that? Yeah, I'm good. Also, I wanted to comment on Travis's gigantic mug of beer. Beautifully well done, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, is that a 24-ouncer? Wow, that's. A, I got this oh, beer glass
3: for one dollar from a from a consignment shop. There will be many bathroom breaks this show.
1: You can get a $1, 24 ounce mug, but you can't get health care. This is America. I love it, man. It's oh, No, baby. I,
3: I got health care. Well, healthcare.
1: you do, but not everybody does.
3: Anyways. It's a big deal for me, so let me be excited. Anyway. So okay, yeah. so you're <laughs> back at work now. So the vacation is over. And oh, yeah, now I'm, you. I'm, don't teaching in person the every breakfast. day is like, am I playing? Is it, is it a Russian roulette? I don't know. I got a 99% chance, chance of living, so I got to get paid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
4: Mike, I'm confused. I hate to go back, but there's a problem with the healthcare system in America. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Speaking of America, was there anything in the news recently of interest? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, that might have been heart. some
2: disgusting, <laughs> terrible thing that happened maybe yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: Look, know. All, uh, all I know yeah. is it's not your fault. <clears throat> don't worry. It's nobody's fault. Let's just move forward. There's a lot of good people.
3: Not you, too, Mike. All right. So, we're doing quarantine viewing pics. I, uh, I I didn't watch as many movies this week um, because oh. I moved to Hazel Park, Michigan. I am now oh, in what? Detroit. No this shit. giant glass of beer is filled with Detroit's own Altus Lager uh and you're in hazel park i'm in hazel park when was Was this planned
1: i even saw you in person recently i didn't hear you mention that
3: my big hope was like to have myself like moved in properly where you could like obviously tell i was like in a new space but uh just (laughs) didn't get the time to do that so i was deliberately keeping it from you to surprise you guys on the show but it didn't really pan out the way that i planned i mean i'm here i'm here but uh i can show you look there's i'm in a different room hey Hey. all right are y'all nine mile where are you at I'm. I am. I am. You can see Eight Mile from my house. Oh, you're closer to Eight Mile. Okay. Cool. All
1: right. It's cheaper down there. Good call.
3: Are you gonna hang out with Mackay Pfeiffer and?
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll work.
4: Mackay's on Eight Mile joke. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, So I've watched less movies, but that was partially why I thought I'd ask both of you guys, uh, Eric and Mike, during the week. I asked you, tell me a movie to watch, because I figured I better make them count if I'm gonna watch less movies. So, um, I, I re- reached out to both of you guys, and Eric, you first suggested both Both of them are show movies that you guys have suggested on the show, but now I can talk about them. Eric suggested 2014's The Humbling, starring Al Chino, wow. uh, directed by Barry Levinson, and the beautiful Greta Gerwig, yeah, and her too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. this movie, <laughs> I am like, uh, it's it's amazing to me that this just flew so hard under the radar because I mean, I, I was in grad school at the time and I kind of like have kind of not been able to get movies as much as I would like, but like this movie is something else. If you, if you like Al Pacino at, all. If you think that he's a decent actor, if you think eh, he's okay, you need to watch this movie from the from the moment it starts. Uh, It's some of the best acting I think that I've seen him do in the entirety of his career. Not yeah. to oversell it, but I mean it's fucking God really him. good acting that he's doing here. And Barry Levinson is amazing in this. So subtle, but he's doing camera moves, and I swear I've never seen it in a movie before. I'm watching this. I'm just like it's. He's just floating around in space, and it's just. It's really good, um, so I, I, I strongly recommend this movie, Eric. Thank you for recommending it to me, um, Mike. Oh, by I,
1: the way, you just made me realize that I don't have an El Pacino drop, so that's a big part <laughs> of the show that's missing. Because how can we not have a hooah or that's something? That's real like terrible. That. R- really,
4: know. that's that's what's on your mind the whole time. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, a that's right, <laughs> go, so. Um,
3: so, yeah, uh, it's all about the drops now. We're the drop show. We're just drops. That's whatever. No, it's also whatever,
1: audio. El Al Pacino I, I, has some incredible audio he's done in his life, and I want to give him credit. True. For that, so. that.
3: So, um, Eric, uh, uh, Mike's rec- rather recommendation to me was 2012's "Why Stop Now," starring Jesse Eisenberg and. Wow. Oh, can well, I make a caveat it. on that? By the way, though, Tracy like Morgan. Yeah.
1: I only said it because Eric had seen it, so I just wanted to get all three of us. I wouldn't necessarily. I'd not go ahead. I just wanted to get all three of us on the same page. Is why What's- I offered it.
3: Well, I've watched it, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good – like if I was – it wasn't exactly 24 hours in someone's life. It was like you got a little bit of the night before, but it's a good like you know a day in the life of kind of movie, um, and I enjoyed it. I also had a lot of connecti- connectivity issues while I was watching it because I didn't quite have the internet yet and uh, was kind of like trying the to – like, The internet. The so, internet, um, so that kind of interfered with that viewing, but um, let's see what else did I watch. I didn't watch that much else. I watched Head of State. That was actually uh, the first movie I watched in my new place. Rock? With Chris Rock, I figured, uh, why not throw in some <laughs> uh, some Chris Rock political commentary? It, Might as well helped. throw a
2: boomerang or something, you know? Too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it held up. It held up better than I thought it would. Um, it was good seeing Bernie Mac again. I laughed more than I. Th- it's, it's a goofy fucking uh, yeah. movie. It's, it's it's a really uneven movie. You know, like sometimes it's really serious and sometimes it's really goofy. But it's it's a it's kind of like a like I don't know. It's kind of sweet. Like oh look how look how sweet they all were with their like <laughs> political ideology in two thousand four. Oh.
4: Or three, rather.
3: Yeah. Um, um, I, I'm halfway through Malcolm X because I've been on a bit of a um, Spike Lee yeah. and a big of a Denzel Washington kick, and I'd never seen uh, Malcolm X, so I'm halfway through that right now. I know it's wow. a shame on me, right? Wow. Um, that's one of the problems of this show is that every now and then I have to come on and like it's like a Mia Coppa. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I've never seen Can't Malcolm interrupt. X. Admit your guilt. I know yeah. <laughs> it's been I on my list you. for a long time. Um, and so far, it's really good. I'm, I'm a little more than halfway through, and of course, I'm liking it. But I, my final um, one I'd like to talk about is my main recommendation for the week, which I also posted about on Instagram, which was a 1996 uh, documentary, the best Oscar, uh, best documentary Oscar winner, "When We Were Kings," about the Oh Rutgers. shit! Oh, my god! That One-line movie, the, man, it, it was so good. It was so yeah. it was so good in fact that that's that the next day I, I teach an intro to public speaking course and the next day I'm like hey guys it's Muhammad Ali day we just watch <laughs> Muhammad Ali like talk shit for the whole hour and the next day I'm like that's why I was like eh, let's watch some Malcolm X too so we started watching some Malcolm X speeches oh watching Malcolm- it's been hey, a fans here so those are the movies okay. I watched.
1: Wow, I've never That's seen badass. that one. So I'll come clean on that. Never saw uh, when we were kings, but I've definitely Check seen Malcolm X. So Check it out. and it's also good. Travis. Good. Okay, well, I'll wait till I get to me. Uh, let's go to Eric. Eric Branstrom. What have you been watching?
4: Cobra Kai season three is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Period. Uh, but I won't stew on it because I know how people think about it. I it's haven't like, seen any of that at all. I haven't seen any of it either. I have no <laughs> input. It's legitimately fast food trash, but so like just so comforting and entertaining. That's okay. Um, school Ties, Mike. I'll watch this one for you, buddy. You did this. You did this. You,
1: oh, we got to get
2: You Did This.
4: God, that's... will be a prick. <laughs> a yeah.
3: There's the some anti-Semitism <laughs> in that movie. Just Just a bit, yeah. Obvious Jew, Brendan Fraser, right?
4: Obvious <laughs> Drew. Yep, Adrian Brody is a few years... Listen, Dick Wood <laughs> writes the screenplay? I had no fucking idea. <laughs> Dick Wolf, cool. like like mm-hmm. television impresario.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I did not Big know that.
4: Order.
1: He just threw it in there. He's like, eh, I could uh, knock this out real
4: quick. Yeah. Yeah. I had some fun with it, but it's basically like uh, prep school, the series, and this is like the only <laughs> good episode. Yeah, I think it's a good um, movie, but yeah, it's fun. I, I it's like got a it. lot, like, a lot of oh! up and comers,
1: a lot of up and comers in there. <laughs>
4: Best uh, nude fight scene since uh, Eastern Promises.
1: Yes, that's, absolutely. That's, cool. that's saying something. It yeah.
4: is. Mm-hmm. Our nude set fight scene. You cannot kill David Arquette. You, you saw the Instagram <laughs> post and deny it. It's a fucking good documentary.
2: You cannot kill David Arquette. I, I don't oh, want Oh, my that. God.
4: <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So the last uh, I did see another documentary that fucking disappointed me. I've been waiting for this to come out for like two years. And it finally did, and it's it's simply not very good. Uh, The amazing Jonathan documentary is on Hulu. I've been waiting for this because you said like, oh, is it true? Is it not true? Like, and I was hoping to get this whole backstory on one of the great musicians, magicians of the late twentieth century. And it's just like one of those that's more about like the documentarian story, like, and it doesn't really tell you that much about uh, the subject. And when it does delve into the whole, like, mystery, it's it's very just, like, tepid and not done very well. Uh, but then, Travis, bless you. Bless your heart. Bless your tender, gigantic 24-ounce <laughs> mug of beer. Hmm. My Octopus Teacher. So, oh. so beautiful. So, m- one of the most gorgeous documentaries about nature I've ever seen in my life. It, teach- it taught me more about life. Than a lot of other documentaries, and it and it was about an animal. I know. And I I sat there and thought well, to myself. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I, I I'll be remiss if I don't say this. It reminded me of something, someone that's very close in my life to me in my life, who's had a difficult life, who's been challenged, who's been beaten down, who's basically you know had limbs ripped off them. I'm speaking figuratively. Grew them back and had the courage to press on. Only you know, just to you know in the long run blah 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 but it was about an animal it was one of the most beautiful stories about love and friendship and humanity that i've ever seen in my entire life and it's about a fucking octopus
3: i would also like to point out real quick that um the three of us, Eric, Mike, and I, have like a running gag in our <laughs> in our um, group chat you know, on our phones that we, uh, whenever we're emotionally moved by a film, we take a picture of ourselves crying, a selfie of ourselves in tears, and send <laughs> to one another. And, uh, <laughs> and that was my guess when uh, when Mike when Eric sent that picture of you when you said that of you weeping. I'm like, I, he watched my Octopus Beat teacher. I know that's what he watched. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. There it is. Well, hey. I like how you were like making this very poetic, kind of beautiful statement about the movie, and then you go blah, blah, blah. So
4: it's <laughs> nice that you could it's getting too personal, but I uh, mean it, was, it is uh, such a beautiful story. Gorgeously shot on Netflix. Okay. Blah blah blah. you
2: you uh <laughs> foreshadowing Curly Burley at some point on this? Podcast. Yada yada
3: yada. Hey. I might hey. be oh, a new you don't know, <laughs> This is football.
2: <laughs> that's the game
1: that's the fucking game fucking uh okay cool um i'll go next so brian can have the floor and close it out um i watched you know i took your advice because i've been watching those david mammoth movies eric and you said check out edmund edmund and i'm pissed that you did that because this movie is just unbearable man he,
4: oh, it, bill wow. macy does an amazing
1: <laughs> job right. Oh, right? oh man of being this All guy right. who's unbearable he goes everywhere and complains about everything it's just awful. I can't bear watching the film. I I just... I had to turn it off. I, Mike,
4: I know how... People's emotions can sometimes make you extremely uncomfortable. So I don't blame you for <laughs> no, not enjoying the film, but it was a fucking good movie. Come no, on, but Bob. he's
1: complaining at the strip club. He's complaining at the beat off booth. He's like, it's just
4: so weird. Who that complains he- in the beat off booth? I those know. Those yeah. grievances.
2: Bill
1: this guy's just unbearable. Edmund. And then the racism in Edmund is just off the charts. It's like, whoa, this movie's not aging well. It's We're a here. lot of, it's 2005. Yes. It's it's got. I mean, it's trying to like portray characters who are racist who do exist. So I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but I don't know. It wasn't,
2: wasn't good. not for you. But Sorry. But
1: I I loved Heist. Heist was amazing.
3: Heist is so good. It's so good.
1: You're Talk
2: about Mammoth Heist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the they last mammoth, great mammoth. The last Jane great
3: happened? movie. I think. Yeah. Like the last great one that he did.
1: Yeah, it was. It's uh, yeah, it's outstanding. That's good Mammoth right there. So I loved yeah. Heist. I want to strongly recommend that. Um, let's see. I watched Eurovision. Apparently, this is a divisive movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh, just Brian, did you like Eurovision?
4: I know. I didn't. I didn't
2: even bother watching it. I, I think honestly. You're fine. I you're haven't, fine. haven't gotten around to it. Don't
4: I'm worry. confused,
3: Mike. Is the division that it's that it's bad or just really, really bad? Uh, the division is that some of us, like myself, found it both emotionally <laughs> fulfilling and hilarious. <laughs> oh. And there you go. I and, think that's summed up. And, nice. and right. And the, out of the four of us, like one of us actually watched it and didn't like it. One of us actually watched it and did like it. The other two are just going to talk shit without ever having seen it. <laughs> I thought. I fucking did. Oh, okay. I'm just so used to you usually talking shit when you haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> uh, well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if they haven't seen it, I guess. but you know. Fair enough. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a quirky movie. I'll give you that. It's fucking weird.
1: Quite Quirky, yes, but I made it through the whole thing. I did watch it all. Uh, I watched War Dogs. Todd Phillips' effort to be like legit uh, with uh, Jonah Hill and okay. Miles Teller.
2: All right, um, Miles, Miles Teller. Yeah. Wait, what's that mean? <laughs> not a Miles <laughs> Teller fan. It was just oh, yeah. really, wow. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean no, to, right. to walk on your coins. No 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 no, 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 no,
1: no, no! Wow. I want to know what that means. You, you're not a fan of Miles Teller.
2: The only so every time I yeah. see Miles Teller in a film, uh, I, I'm like, somebody else could have probably done this better. <laughs> whiplash Not i didn't whiplash. know anybody right whiplash is just such a great film wow where it's like miles teller like he's serviceable in it but i'm like somebody else could have done this every time i see him i'm like somebody else probably could have done this a little bit better you
3: know? so i don't i don't think he's like an incredibly uh, uh, great actor but i think he is perfect for 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 whiplash i think he's so arrogant and vulnerable wh- at the same time he's, yeah like it's he
2: works but it's like yeah
4: eh. I'm disappointed in you, Brian. Uh, I d- love <laughs> We went to go Riklash. D, U, and It was a great I'll, experience. I'll, I'll her, I mean, the past few years have been bumpy, but he had the the energy and spunk of a young John Cusack. It didn't really <clears throat> pan out that well. but Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Sorry, by the way uh, Sorry, go, go, go.
4: Chad is
1: really excited that Brian's here so want to give a shout out to Chad we love you Chad What's up Chad And Jimmy Tank is <laughs> checking in solid banter guys the octopus talk makes me uncomfortable with the rest <laughs> oh, of Oh yeah really <laughs> that
4: really be terrifying uh, Jimmy, Jimmy famous yeah of mollusks Famously hates <laughs> octopuses. i <General> had <laughs> <Lord of laughs> a fan, huh? Okay, yeah. okay. Dad, thank you. He's a, he's a fan of our guest.
1: All right, <laughs> right. Octopus, are they're intense creatures. That's why you got to watch Brilliant. the doc, and you know, get yeah, it. They're, they're amazing. Uh, I watched The Wizard of Lies, which was uh, there was two movies that came oh, out okay. on Bernie Madoff a couple years ago. One was Robert De Niro. The other one was the ABC version with Dreyfus. I like that one. <laughs> I like this one better than the Dreyfus one. So this is the De Niro one, and
3: it's was it Levinson. Ah uh,
1: yes, that's yeah. correct. Our old buddy Barry
3: Lemon. Yeah, was it Yeah. It's so it's so dry and slow, right? Very. Like, not in a terrible yeah. way. It's yeah. Just it's no. Just very plotting.
1: It, it does a good job of like giving the the sons some time to like their story. It's just really, I feel bad for them. I really did. I mean, one of the sons killed themselves. It's not a spoiler. He's really dead. So. That's it's tough. I watched Quick Change. I've never seen Quick Change. <gasps> what? <laughs>
3: I've, never, I've never seen that either. <laughs> I finally I've, I've, watched it. I wanted to maybe bring it on the show, actually. It's bring so it on. I fucking love Quick right. Change. What do
2: you it.
4: think?
1: It's fascinating. It's the so dialogue good. is so, so like good. ahead of its time. It's 1990. It's so yeah, fucking good. It's so
3: fucking good. It it's, really is.
1: It's so witty. It's The writing is outstanding. Like it, it really, I really believe it's like this movie would fit in more in like the current uh, climate that we live in, like the the comedy oh, yeah. climate, than it would in 1990. I really do think it was ahead of its time. That's my no,
4: instant analysis. So That's who the was the show? Was it? On, on, I'm sorry, Travis. Like I isn't wasn't it like some guy who never really did too much before or after? Who? who yeah, I don't remember it? the director. Nah,
1: yeah, it wasn't dude. a name that stood out. Or I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy. So
3: it's the Jay Cronley book. Is the uh, it's a source material. Same same writer of uh, Funny Farm and Let It Ride. Um. Ooh. Also, good movies. You know, Let yes. It Ride and yes. But yeah, I love Let It Ride, and that's and that, that's and well, I mean, obviously, since I love Let It Ride so much, that's why I watched Quick Change. I, I take that back. Oh, what
1: co-directed mean? by oh. Bill Murray, by the way.
3: Oh, that's cool. But I watched Quick Change. That means he directed it. Yeah. Always he directed. Yeah. Always. Dude. Yeah. Quick Change. I mean, it, it introduced me to Stanley Tucci, to Tony Shalhoub. Yep. Um, it, it's got some really good, uh, young, you know, early performances from some great. Great actress in there. It's so fucking funny. You got you got uh Philip Bosco freaking out. <laughs> the white line. It's so funny. Yeah, it was great. It was really good.
1: By the way, Howard Franklin and him co-directed, and Howard Franklin did the name of the rose. Oh, uh, he did. Movie. He also stuck with him on the man who knew too little. So they worked together a couple oh, more I'm times, and it didn't necessarily work out.
3: But I don't remember Bill Murray in so really oh. the rose.
2: No, he was not. You're right. It's
3: <laughs> a little uh, Big you
2: know Diesel, movie. Rob Cohen situation, you
3: know? All no, right. We win. We, no. we, 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 we did
1: you watch the same out, Quick Well, yeah. So Quick Train's really good. Check it out. I watched The a Gentleman, lot. the Guy Ritchie's latest with Matthew McConaughey oh, on yeah, board.
2: Good. Was it good? I liked
1: it. It was good. Oh, I like Guy Ritchie's, uh, I like his ensemble crime movies. I always do. I'm pretty much a sucker for him. I love Snatch. I love all the early ones. Lock, Stock, all that crap. Lock, so sack. This is more of that and it's good. So I recommend oh. that. Uh, I also watched uh, the David Arquette documentary. I also recommend it. Like, it was good. I couldn't believe it. I'm still stunned. When Eric sent me that photo that was in our text thread, Travis, (laughs) I hadn't seen the movie yet. I just recommended it because he asked me for a doc. (laughs) But I hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, is that a real picture? And then... It ends up being kind of heartfelt. I was surprised.
3: Wait, no, uh, the picture was him crying to uh, Octopus Teacher, wasn't it? No, the other picture of a tanned <laughs>
4: Arquette with yeah. the dick, dick coat, with, on. Uh, dick covered in a little set and hanky. That would yeah, be yeah,
1: yeah. And he's being uh, spray, yeah, tanned. spray tanned. It's...
4: Well, I love any doc that that has you know that can show you just a demographic that's so infinitesimal you'll you'll never see it any other way except in a documentary <laughs> format.
1: <laughs> all right, I got two more. and I'm done. Then uh, I watched Charm City Kings, which is phenomenal. I really I, enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I it still just, haven't watched that, but I've heard great things. Yeah, I would
1: recommend it. it. It just reminded me of driving around Baltimore. It was so weird, man. I spent so many nights on those streets, Ubering all night long. I just, I felt like I was home, which is really bizarre because it's hmm. shot exclusively in Baltimore. So I give it credit for doing that. And I watched Motherless Brooklyn. Had not seen that. Oh, when you oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, boy. Here we go. But- I I, I think I liked it. I I don't I mean, it, it it's hard to kind of redo those types of movies. It's getting harder and harder to do those. It's in a sense kind of what we're doing here today with the film noir. It is kind mm-hmm. of be oh, that it's and noir. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's it did a pretty good, good job of it, even though Edward Norton is trying to win an Academy Award with
3: his ridiculous, you know.
1: I, but it's part of the character. Well, the character has Tourette's, and he's going back to his primal fear days,
3: and you know. And the score. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, the score is yeah, the score is a little much. Um, but uh, oh, uh, okay, hey, thank you, Nick. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was beautifully shot. I mean, was for, that your
2: Was that your hmm? oh, That
3: was
4: my Edward Norton in this score. Hey, it's like, oh. oh, it's <laughs> my Oscar oh, okay. uh-huh.
3: score of the movie.
1: Yeah, it was beautifully shot, Travis. And they, it was a good period piece. It didn't feel like it was shot in New York. And then, oh hey, there's a. 2015 car all around the corner or something it's it's all very well done and i i approve it i would recommend it good job and that's it brian the floor is yours nice. now let's get some recommendations this is big dude people have right, been so, waiting for your wrecks for a long time
2: <laughs> you know unfortunately i don't have that because i'm working all the time i'm not really getting that much time oh, to watch jesus films. christ however, dude come on prime your river <laughs> however however uh i, I do want to start off i i took exception there's something that Eric said in the sneakers episode, and it, you guys, all of you, glossed over it. Right? And, was yeah. it
3: when he said that David Palmer played a young Ben Kingsley? No, that, no, no, that no. No, no, no,
2: no. No, not that. Not that. I can forgive oh. that. What I cannot forgive, because I think you all know how I feel about sneakers anyway. But what I can't forget is Eric said this, and nobody was like, what? He said, and I quote, sneakers is the greatest team based oriented film ever made. Where, like, it is that. the greatest film that depicts a team to do something I in a film. I stand by
4: that. I stand that by it. That
2: is absolutely, wow. I was just blown away by that. Like, well, I, I, I don't
3: I, I don't really draw, I don't really have an issue with that statement. I don't know that I 100% agree with it, but I don't have an issue with it. I mean, oh I would my put it on, my, I, I, never never put it on it my short list. Really.
2: <laughs> the greatest team, ba- really? Honestly? Really? I put okay. it on my no. short list. What, wow.
3: what, what's, right. what's screaming in your mind that we're overlooking here? I mean, obviously, there's a ton. Don't get me wrong, but like, what, what's oh, been your yeah.
2: opinion? Uh, you know, Ghostbusters, Sorcerer, Star Wars, uh, The Sting, um, you know, uh, any great <sighs> sports film. I mean, you know, it was just, it was crazy. I thought it was like a very hype, like, I nope. know there's a lot of hyperbole. You know, I is better than all exactly.
4: of them. Greatest is better than all of them.
2: Magnificent
4: Seven. Snaters is better than all of them.
2: Exactly. Yeah, Seven Samurai, you know, maybe or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Just wanted yeah, to mention well, that. Thanks for record. calling us out. We appreciate All it. Right, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Really yeah, Eric, well, specifically,
4: well, Eric, but yeah, yeah, you guys- for my co host as I'm the guest <laughs> on this episode. Real quick, you guys, mind?
3: <laughs> Is there a way to just like kick him off? I mean, we could just like just the button and make him be All gone. These right, guys right? just, just come with these terrible <laughs> opinions. Well, we don't need
4: <laughs> go to law school. You were making a case for me before I even opened my goddamn mouth. <laughs> 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 um but okay
2: so uh all right getting that out of the way um so i revisited a movie that i had not seen in a long time um and uh it was also when i was actually considering for this podcast too as well but uh 1981's beef with uh james khan oh it's oh. on hbo max you can stream it and that's michael Mann's first film and it's just as amazing as the first time i saw it you want to talk about like you know, like, you know, in that era, like in the late 70s, early 80s, like Martin Scorsese, taxi driver, you know, uh, Rage Bull and all that type of stuff. Thief is, it's even grittier than taxi driver, in my opinion. Um, and they, like, the amount of research went into it, like, this is Michael Mann, like, you know, it is also, it, one of his most maniacal. Like, he yeah, had James Conn go into prison and talk to, like, you know, actual, like, you know, uh, uh, convicts about uh, going about a job and and, 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 and you know the thought process behind that and it's one of the most authentic films too as well. There's literally I would say a 15 minute scene of him just drilling into a safe and it's one of the most <laughs> amazing know. things I've ever seen in my life man. I'm telling you, check out Thief. If you have not seen it, it's Michael Mann's first film. It's on HBO Max. You can stream it right now. So highly recommend it. Also Tangerine Dream does the soundtrack for it
3: mm, and uh, yeah
2: yeah, they're, it's, they're no it's, Dream
3: Academy, but they're pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Man. I think you guys definitely do it if you haven't checked it out. What about but, Dream um, Theater? <laughs>
4: Dreamweaving? Dreamweaving? <Dreamweaver>? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so Steve was amazing, and uh, also there's this movie on Netflix uh, from uh, uh, the great country of South Korea. Uh, it's called The Witch Part 1, Subversion. Um, I don't know if you guys, nobody's checked this out yet. Do it. It's fucking amazing like it's right. it's uh it's basically it's basically like if you can get past some of like the uh the asian tropes of how they tell sto- how they do storytelling over there like it's it's almost like the like k-pop version of like you know jason Bourne or something like that like i know i don't know if that's giving too much away but it's it is crazy that's the only way i can really explain it like it's it, it's 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 amazing i think you guys would dig it it's, it's an action film um, but it does it in a way where you just it's, you don't expect anything that happens in it. and when the shit hits the fan and it does, uh, you're, you're in like 100% in. Like it's, it's, it's really, really good. And so and they also set it up for a sequel, hopefully so fory sequence code. Um, and then I also revisited uh, um, a movie that uh, I also think was criminally under under scene, which was uh, you were never really here with Joaquin Phoenix. Um,
4: oh my God, Lynn
2: Ramsey. Yeah, it was,
3: yeah, it was,
2: it's still great. That's all I can say. So. Wow. That's it? Uh, That's pretty much it. No, I'm just
1: kidding. Those are outstanding, excellent choices. I mean, Chad Gibbons gave us some incredible recommendations, and you had a lot to live up to, so now we'll find out if those are good recommendations or not, over the coming weeks.
3: Is this going to be a thing moving forward that every guest will be compared to Jack Gibbons? <laughs> That's correct, also, yes. Did, 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 did Tangerine Dream do the, the soundtrack, for the, the score for uh, 3 O'Clock High also? Is my brain – it's just screaming that at me. Do you guys know? Oh, that would right? be awesome. I um, love 3 O'Clock High. I guess I could look at IMDb, but that doesn't sound fun. All right, anyways, I was hoping you guys would know. Um, well, thanks yeah. for those recommendations, man. I'm definitely going to watch out the witch one. Uh watch that witch one. I'm I'm definitely uh into like Korean theater lately like most American cinephiles, so I will definitely be checking that out. Brian, do how it. do
4: you feel about Lynn Ramsey taking on The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon as her next feature film?
2: Uh great I think even Bella. I think she's going to do a great job, uh for sure. I mean, you know, it's I mean, she's pro- she's got a proven track record and plus, I mean, that story is kind of I mean, depending on how they do it, but I mean, that story, it's, it's one of those like almost foolproof, like Stephen King stories, you know, like mm. you can't really screw that up for the most part.
4: By the I way, Tangerine you...
1: Dream did do the uh, soundtrack for Three O'Clock High. That's correct. Nice call,
4: Makes me happy. Gentlemen, I won't be able to sleep tonight until, unless I bring this up. I did watch, I, I did watch Ishtar. It's, yeah! <laughs> Ishtar. Oh, okay. it's I, I gave it as you know, me in Heaven's Gate. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's critically lambasted. It's is so fucking bad. Yes. It's 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 like, like the first like one minute you're like they should have like pulled the plug and like fired everybody involved. It's yes. it's that bad. And I love Elaine May. But like, how did this fucking movie get made? Seriously, it's
1: because bad. they were all stars and oh shit happens sometimes. But I'm glad you stuck to your word of That's your resolution that you wanted to watch movies and get your own opinion. So this is uh sticking to that formula. Good job, Eric. I'll give you credit
4: for it. Well, Warren Beatty did make me laugh a few times. Oh, though. there you mm-hmm. go. Good. I gotta See? admit. The show's favorite
1: actor. That's right. Warren Beatty <laughs> I talked about him the other night too, but he's getting a lot of run. Uh by the way, I actually have a question on another pod where I do a this or that thing that was, Hey, would you rather watch Wonder Woman eighty four or
2: Ishtar? <laughs> That's
1: how bad I thought eighty four
2: <laughs> <Ishtar>. was. <laughs> yeah, Ishtar, Ishtar, Ishtar.
1: D- Brian, did you see Wonder Woman 84? Yes,
2: yes. We so Alina and I watched it, and we were both uh, after the first hour. We were doing that thing where it's like uh, uh, the video go down. No, no, you're, good. Uh, you're here, buddy. You, uh, we were doing that thing after like the hour of when you're watching a movie that you know it's not good, where you're like you like the first one and you're really trying really really hard to like the second one. And we were just giving courtesy laughs for like jokes after like the first hour. Oh. And then finally by like hour two, and there's still like, I don't know, conservatively 45 minutes left in the film. Uh, we we're just both like, "Is this is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's real. <laughs> like, it was it was appallingly terrible where I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Where the same director... Same, saying that, like the right. same like, – like it was – I just couldn't – like it was –
3: Look, I'm sorry. It was I think everybody needs to go back and re-watch Wonder Woman 1. That shit is not that good. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. So, Travis,
1: I was just going to say that. So go – yeah, you're right.
3: doesn't hold up very – Patty Jenkins theater, got a lot okay. of credit yeah. for that. First viewing of theaters, I was like, whoa, this is pretty fucking good. This is the best DC movie, movie ever. Because the so low. Yeah. Right, but it's no Shazam. Right, Okay. Right. Travis, I'm
4: calling you later. We're going to argue about how much Wonder Woman 1 is – 25 times better
2: than Captain man, Marvel. That sounds like a shit way to spend my time. Well, well see, no, hey, I don't
4: listen, know. man, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. Captain, Captain Marvel it's not Marvel better than Captain Marvel.
2: Exactly, right? It's Captain Marvel is a good movie, isn't it, Brian? Captain Marvel is a great movie. It, yeah. Great movie. yeah, sure. yeah. Great, I would have to also agree with Travis. I think he mentioned something in the fact that it's like your favorite MCU film. In the, I can't remember which episode.
3: It's, it was. In, my, it's in my top five. It's I mean, the
2: I one that been, you're rewatching the most now or something like that? Yeah,
3: lately it's been the one I've been going back to the most. It just has extreme rewatching. I would have to agree with
2: you. It has such like total shifts where it's like, yeah, like l- you know when l- when the big reveal of the uh, you know, no spoilers but but with the big re- I'm sure people have watched it actually but it's the big reveal of like the characters are like actually not those characters that still right. plays it's still hilarious. Yep. Um. Yeah. Like one like you know Wonder Woman I liked the first Wonder Woman but yeah it, it's Captain Marvel's I mean you know the entire MCU is head yeah, and shoulders the above the DCU so i got this to disagree. With
1: I completely agree with that. Thank you so much. I think it's pretty much impossible because One Woman Part 1 was good for like, you know, half, maybe three quarters of the movie. And then it yeah, goes downhill. So.
3: And Anyways, also, yeah. uh, Brian, I like your opinions. Again, you're allowed to stay on the show. Yay! Oh, Thanks, man. Thank you. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Thank you. Roll! I appreciate it. Appreciate Well, it.
1: I am glad that Brian's here because we're going to get into it now. It's time to switch well, gears or rotate okay. into it. Does it hold up? It's time for Devil in a Blue Dress.
0: No, I was just hired by a fella that
4: uh, works for Todd Carter.
0: You know, I had to pay Coretta not to tell you where I was.
4: Oh, she got you, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, she definitely gave me the wrong address. Where'd she say I was? Said you was out in Watts over to the Skylar Arms Apartments with a fella named Frank Green. hmm. And what else did she tell you about me? I don't know. What else is there to tell? Nothing. I make no apology for my feelings for Frank. He's very dear to me, and that's that. Bourbon? Please, straight up. So how well did you know Coretta? She was a very close friend. So maybe you know why she got killed? Why would I know that? You said she was a very close friend about you and Frank, maybe somebody wanted to keep that secret. Mr. Rollins. if you're thinking... Easy, you can <laughs> call me easy. Easy, if you're thinking that Frank had anything to do with Coretta's death, and obviously you don't know very much about him. Frank doesn't go around beating people up. He prefers to use a knife as his weapon. And what do you prefer to use as your weapon? Well, why don't you
1: search me and find out? Directed by Carl Franklin, starring the one and only Denzel Washington. That's right. It's going to be a good one. We're going to find out what's the truth on this one. What are people going to say? By the way, if you watch the movie and you have different opinions than us, Cinnamon 9 Pod, ProtonMail.com, Cinnamon 9 and all of your favorite social media platforms, we would love to hear from you. We got the Facebook page, which is just like filled with lots of stuff that you can share. Travis shares movies that he's been talking about, Eric posts stuff, and our Instagram feed. We have a lot of ways that you can communicate with us, so please do. We welcome the feedback. All right. Let's take it from the top. Travis Roy. Let's go back in time. 1995, Devil in a Blue Dress. I'd say you didn't see this one in the theater, because I know I didn't.
3: I did not see it in the theater, but I did see it when it was new. Um, I I had mentioned before that I had had the... you know, a bunch of videotapes that my mom's ex-boyfriend used to record for me. Then I got older and got my own second VCR and started recording <laughs> stuff. And, and that's when I started, like, like Dan Plummer had that copy of Shallow Grave that I was talking about, the white out. Um, <laughs> <on the tape. laughs> Devil in a Blue God Dress is one that I had a copy of, like that I'd made a copy of like this. So I had a, I had a very rigged copy with a and trying to fit Devil in a Blue Dress and like giant white out print. Um, so this is what I uh, enjoyed when it was new. I watched it, you know, a, a few times. I owned it. I enjoyed it. And then I Um, probably haven't seen it since sometime in the 20th century until um, the night before last. And I'm excited to talk about it. I think it was a good choice for this show.
1: In the year 2000. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Devil in a Blue Dress, Eric Branstrom, 1995. (laughs) There's no way. No way! You saw this in the theater,
4: <laughs> Mike? Why? Why do you make that judgment
1: on you're too me? Too young. Why? You weren't allowed to see this. It's rated R. You were fifteen. You old. are you're, okay. Yeah. You're right. You do listen
4: to the episodes. I was not allowed to see rated R movies until 1997. Um, <laughs> listen, I always got this confused with the Mighty Quinn. <laughs> so for like years and years, I just thought this was like the Mighty Quinn, so I never saw it. Same cover box. Denzel in a white T-shirt, like. Palm tree in the background. I was like, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah,
2: man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That is the Mighty Quinn. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yep. Devil in the King. Blue Dress.
4: Yep. yep. Uh, I've never seen the Mighty Quinn. This was my first viewing. I got a lot to talk about. You mean Devil, Devil in the Blue Dress?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's called Devil. In I the-
4: said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a re- that was a real blue. Thank you, Dana Carvey as that asshole from the Blockham group. I've never <laughs> seen this before uh, earlier today. But uh, I applaud this choice. So I got so much to say. Thank
2: You, <laughs> okay. you obviously do. Yes. <laughs>
4: Sorry, <guys. laughs> <That would
2: apply. laughs> Brian, you. Wow. I watched the wrong movie.
4: I I can't believe it.
1: I would apply. Brian, you chose this film. Okay, let's give it. Brian, you chose this film. So, am mm-hmm. I. Uh, you're a moviegoer. You love going to the theater. And it must yeah. have been tough in 2020 with the lack of movie theater options for you. But I imagine that maybe just maybe you actually saw this in the theater
4: Ryan, i've known you for I, 25 years you've never ever ever talked about this movie before to me
2: wow. really yes. i'm pretty sure i have i'm pretty sure <laughs> i have I have mentioned this movie uh, a, a couple of times in this in company but uh um so no i did not see this movie this um the first time i saw this movie was a uh random rental uh, I think at, uh, what was that crappy, uh, video store rental place next to M59 West? Movie time. Movie time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a random crappy rental at movie time when I had nothing better to do on like a Sunday, like uh, Sunday afternoon or something like that. And, uh, I think I was like nursing a hangover or something, like that, you know, at, like uh 16, 17 years old, you know, like normal 16, 17 year olds. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go rent a movie, go, uh, get some pop, you know, bring it back, watch <laughs> it. I popped it in and I was like. You know i up, up until that point you know i had seen like uh you know the maltese falcon and i don't think i appreciated the maltese falcon when i was 16 years old right but you know watching uh this part like this was my in for like for noir right like for for like detective stories mm-hmm. this is probably my favorite one I, I don't i don't objectively i can say it's not the best uh, detective film of all time but it's like it's probably my favorite well, you need to be um,
3: very careful bringing your favorite movie on this show with Eric because he'll say mean <laughs> things about it.
2: <laughs> ah. hey,
4: that's fine, you know? That my is my truth, bro. My truth, man. It's 2021. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, look. But, but yeah, so this was this was my like segue into that world. And so, uh, um, you know, uh, that's just, you know, that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring it on. See if it does, in fact, hold up to oh. to scrutiny. 25 you know?
1: years. 25 plus years later. You're right. Well, we hate to uh, tear it apart if we have to, but if we must, we shall. I'm not saying we will, but we have a standard uphold here, Brian, and don't take it personally.
2: Uh, it's 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 a sacred uh, sacred uh, oath you guys have taken on this podcast. You know, you got to
1: do what you have to do. So, <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, like I said, I'd never seen this movie, so I definitely didn't see it uh, in the theater. Never saw it on a VHS tape. I remember the title, but all I ever think about. When I hear the goddamn title, "Devil in a Blue Dress," blue dress, blue dress, Devil in a Blue Dress, song. Oh, there all, it is, man. It's better. I've been you walking around it. the house singing that song for like three days straight, <laughs> all day. and all I'm changing day. the lyrics and shit. It's getting really weird too. I, you're, you're I don't making know. You're shrimp Alfredo. So,
2: you're just Devil in a Blue Dress.
4: Was this Fantino's first film or I don't know, but Jennifer Beals is still hot. when we were.
1: When we were kids, me and my brothers used to. Some reason we sang it like this: with, "Devil with the poontang, 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 devil with the." I don't know why. We were kids. That
2: sounds like a '90s thing. That sounds
1: yeah, like, I don't right. know. Hey, we were immature teenage Remember idiots.
4: Poontang? Like people used to say poontang.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So.
4: Quick, Mitch Writer fun fact: Winona Ryder got her last name from Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels. Oh, okay, that's nah, fun. There you go. There you go.
1: Well, anywho, uh, you know, we like to take a look at the ratings and the Rotten Tomato critical reviews. We hope that Destin Thompson will chime in on this one. But first, uh, Brian, did you look up the rating on this on IMDb, or are you blind?
2: Uh, no, I haven't looked at the IMDb in a bit, actually. Awesome. I mean, I, I've you know, obviously looked at it, but I haven't. Uh, I do not know what the rating is, no. All What's right. Well, uh, I would guess a
3: 7.2, 7.2.
1: <gasps> Anybody else?
3: I guess like I guess similarly, but maybe a little less because people haven't seen it as much. Kind of, I am gonna say six point nine.
4: Six point seven. Okay. I abstain.
1: The answer is six point seven oh, on oh, the shit. nose. Wow. There it is. And that's with uh very good very about well. seventeen thousand readings. So like Travis said, a little lower of a number. You know, usually we get oh. six digit numbers if it's a bigger or larger film, a million. Uh Did
4: that- Mike, did all the ratings start out as The Mighty Quinn seems like the <laughs> big <laughs> but ultimately,
1: <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes,
2: 88 percent is such a great
1: film. eighty eighty eight percent for the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an outstanding number, but Obviously. a seventy mm. for the audience. So it's not bad. Not bad no, I mean that's that's still a bucket of popcorn with butter on it. It's quite delicious. Mm. And of course when it comes to critical reviews, we dive in deep. We go way back in time to see what people yes. had to say about this film. Tell me
2: what Ebert said. Yes. Tell me what Ebert said.
1: I'm telling you, I don't know if Oh yes! Destin Thompson says Franklin's picture is effortlessly wise beneath its entertaining surface.
3: Destin oh, loves it. It's to do it as usual, Destin. Thank you, Destin.
1: Yeah, uh, very simple. Uh, Brian, you said Roger Ebert. Roger says, I like the movie without quite being caught up in it. I like the period tone and look more than the story, which I never really cared much about. But he still why, likes it. Three out of four why, stars.
2: Why would Ebert? He, I, I picture Ebert would sound exactly like how you just fucking said it. That's uh <laughs> that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's him writing it, just typing <laughs>
3: away like, Sometimes his reviews oh, sound I like, like you know like your uncle's Facebook posts and you're like,
0: Why are you even <laughs> randomly telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: right? no, no, no. Anyway, how's the BLP? <laughs>
3: you don't have to spell laugh out loud, Uncle Roger. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa, Peter Travers says uh, the
1: movie simmers with pungent suspense, humor, pungent, pungent. and eroticism. So there you go. Uh, Generally, like we said, the critics love this movie. I'm trying to find a negative. Here we go. Bill Chambers from uh, Film Freak Central. Oh, he gives it two out of five stars with no words. Well, that sucks. Okay. He doesn't say anything. He just, well, you can't rip a movie and not have any words to back it up, can you?
2: Hey, listen, his genius, it shouldn't be on film, what was that, filmfreak.com, What Yeah. Anyways,
1: all, all the splats, yeah. all the splats on these reviews, there's no words to, I see three, and none of them have a review. They just are from racists. Yeah, clearly. They're scared, scared
4: racists. Anywho, all right, <laughs> so let's...
1: All right, so this movie is well received by critics. Uh, let's dive into the movie now. We got the actors. We talked about Denzel Washington, Jennifer Beals, Don Cheadle, Tom Sizemore is not on drugs yet, so this is like
2: uh, maybe.
3: Well, Probably. okay, but not it's so bad that like, it's like destroyed on, his life yet.
2: Maybe a couple bumps here and there. You know? Right,
3: but he's like he's still. Yeah, he's a little bumpy in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I thought mm-hmm. he was. I thought he was great. In this oh, movie. He's great. He's no, bad, he's, yeah, good. yeah, no, he's yeah. great. The wit, yeah. yeah, good. good the, ed- energy works. I mean, don't get me good wrong.
1: Good bump.
4: Good (laughs) comes.net. I want to say,
1: I want to ask one thing though, because so we're all, this is obviously noir. So we're all cool with the narration because that's just how noir goes, right?
3: Well, I was, that was one of my main questions is how you felt about the narration. How do you, what do you, what do you you think? Because usually you're so, yeah, you, you're so, Mike, you hate narration, yeah. You're usually very much against it. So I'm just curious because, because I for one think one, Denzel always does particularly good narration. I think that he should do more like, like over, like like voiceovers and stuff for like documentaries and stuff. I think he's really good at it. And uh, two, I thought that this one was good. Particularly, I I really enjoyed the the closing of it, the uh, the last lines of the voiceover where he talks about yes. just being on the porch with his friend and all yes. that. I thought that was fucking wow.
2: Yeah, can we like can we like observe the fact that the, one of the not to step on anybody. I don't know if somebody was just about to talk, but uh, one of the. One of the fa- one of the things I love about this film is this guy is not a detective, right? He's not a detective. He is a black man in post World War II Los Angeles, just trying to keep his house, right?
3: Well, that's I, the I, entire I setup. Into, yeah, I definitely want to get into that too. But, but Mike, since we're t- before we get too far afield from voiceovers, what do you, what did you think?
1: I uh, thought they didn't rely on it too much, so I was cool with it. It wasn't like a constant. It was like it was gone for a while, and then uh. it came in. Oh, uh, you can say next. Hang on, you'll get your point. But I'm saying that it came in when I needed it to, to kind of clarify. I mean, it's it seems like it's going to be a lot when the movie starts. It's like, oh boy, there's going to be a lot of narration. But it really doesn't rely on it in the meat of the film. It's gone for a while. see at least it feels that way. And then when I need to get some information from him, I'm actually cool with it. I don't really had a. I had no problem with it. It, it fit in for me. I'm cool with it. Eric,
4: do I have the floor? Yes. Yeah. Before. The narration for me was the worst part. Uh it, it just it, it needed another pass in the script phase for me. That uh I love some good narration when it comes to a film noir, which this clearly is. Uh but it just it just wasn't I I don't want to be an asshole here, but it just wasn't clever enough for me. You look at some of the best narration in these types of films, Sunset Boulevard being the standout. It just needed a little bit be a little bit punchier for me. It just kind of it, either it did two things, either it explained what we could already kind of uh, enumerate or it glossed
3: over scenes. We should have seen in an actual dramatization. I think that like, like Brian said, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a necessary trope for the genre. Um, And I also really strongly like that. He's not a Sam Spade type character with, he's more of a, um, I'm going to make a lot of comparisons to the dude in this movie because (laughs) there's so so many. There's reason to, uh, Uh but also, but also it reminded because it reminded me a lot of Big Lebowski. It also reminded me a lot of Double Indemnity, um, Mm -hmm. where he's he's an insurance agent, which is not you know it's not you know it's a little bit more professional, but still like the my favorite film noirs always involve somebody who's not. A private eye. It's somebody who's thrust into this thing exactly like EZ Rollins is. And he just kind of has to like maneuver and play the game. And he's just caught up in this world that he has no business being in whatsoever. And maybe for that reason, I mean, he's a machinist. He's not an author. So maybe for that reason, I kind of partly excused the fact that it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Raymond Chandler dialogue. It's not Raymond Chandler. Yeah.
1: But he also is going to like make it his thing. When the movie ends, it's like this is his thing now. He kind of feels like maybe he can do it, even but though he.
4: And did- um, well, if you're not, if you can't pull off the, narr- the narration and like the tone of a film noir. Just don't do it.
1: All right, fair enough. That's I'm with- yeah. Yeah. I agree so you, with uh, you uh, like- guys' points. I like people who aren't actual PIs too. I find those more uh, interesting and provocative. I agree. Um, Brian, did you want to add anything to the narration?
2: Uh, so I-, I will say it kind of ties into the narration in the beginning of the self I think. Um, so just to be, try to, you know, be completely objective about this as much as I can. Um, the one thing I don't like about the beginning is like, I, the only thing that's jarring is those two like quick, like little flashbacks and they even like, yeah. have like the, uh, the, like the, uh, the glimmer dissolve, you know, uh, to, uh, when you get a glimpse of mouse and, and yes. it's just like, and when he goes I, to work, was, how he got yeah. fired. Yeah, it's like it's it's a, it's an unfinished scene. It, it, like it was watching it again, uh, I was just like, oh, okay, that that actually doesn't uh, quite like it doesn't quite work a little bit. Those two like yeah. in the beginning in Succession like that, I was just like, mm, yeah, but I, the narration like, in of itself yeah. I, I'm fine. Maybe
3: with it. maybe a little clumsy, but even before that to give some to heap some praise to the beginning, um, as far as, like, I, I'm a big fan of period pieces, and I want them to look authentic as hell. Right. Um, but, like, that's one of the reasons, like, as Mike was talking about, that's one of the reasons I found Motherless Brooklyn to be pretty compelling, even though sometimes it kind of fell flat. Um, this one, from the fucking start of the movie, yep. it is it is immersive. I yep. feel like I'm in 1948. Like, there's, there is a uh, really authentic feel to this movie that um, – I think that that it carries throughout the whole movie, and I think they really do a fine job in establishing that vibe, that kind that of first feel. tracking shot into yeah. a, That's oh, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like,
2: it's like a mini touch of evil, like shot almost. Right? It's like a mini, oh. like, you
4: know, one take, really? just yeah. a
2: little bit. Yeah,
4: you
3: know? yeah, and it it's sets really this mood, and it sets this tone, and um, and it does a really good job of like, and it sets the period all all at once, and it does a great job doing so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When he gets hired and he heads on over there, and every little detail of her store heading up into the bar, it's all the authentic. It's the cinematography.
2: So, the, yeah. Uh, so speaking, sorry. Speaking of cinematography, when you guys saw Tak Fujimoto's name on screen, did you guys like go yeah, a little yeah. crazy?
3: Oh, I cranked in my pants. I had yeah. No I, idea. I yeah. yeah. I,
2: I, I was. I, I thought you guys <laughs> would like that. The ones that didn't see it yet. I thought you guys. I, yeah. It.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely liked seeing it because I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd seen it before, but also like. Kind of my expectation if I'm watching a movie from the mid late 90s is that Tak Fujimoto di- was the cinematographer. That man yeah. was extremely busy for yeah. a while. <laughs> I was yeah. actually um, really excited to see that Elmer Bernstein did the score. That was yeah really
2: great. yeah yeah
3: man great. I mean uh, I definitely over, had a reaction. Yeah, when I Going saw Tac, I was like
4: oh wow cool yeah I remember okay. <laughs> Going back if I may to to good old te- old, old Tak. You know John Jonathan <laughs> Demi produces so yep, you probably got yep. Tak on board for this. I mean. That first shot on the street before they go into the club, for me, what I'm thinking here in 2021, happy new year, gentlemen, is this is when films they they didn't have to rely on like digital backgrounds and there's no like weird digital like blurred atmosphere where they like, they had to punch in like extras or this or that. It's just all in camera, so beautiful the set design, the extras, the atmosphere, right. and that that. My main takeaway from this film is, I- indeed, that cinematography and that production design.
1: Yeah, the yeah. cop hassling the black guy for no reason. Yeah, it all fits into the period immediately, right? Yep. Just like that. So and, that
3: gets it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. You're right. Let's do it.
3: Well, that gets it to me what sets this movie apart as a film noir. And Easy Rollins is a character. Now, I have not read. These are based on books by... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And Walter Moseley. Read. Read. <laughs> yeah, Walter was, Yeah. Was,
2: yeah. Okay. He's
3: got like 19 uh, of them and i and I, i'd be kind of curious to pick up one or two because um you know this follows all the tropes in a major way and i really like it but it's not like just like, like we were talking about white man's burden a week or so ago right like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah.
0: like it was just, new like, years yeah
3: there, there's no real function oh, it's just like oh god oh my like, god but like in this case yeah. to to take a traditionally white character right exactly. i mean, are almost uniformly white characters. And to take a, a black man in the 1940s, the late 1940s, and put him in there, and especially I like that he's a veteran. He's talking about how he had like fought for the country but still isn't able to enjoy the rights that he fought for. It puts mm-hmm. so many more layers on this thing. But even more than that, it gives a whole new level of vulnerability to the character throughout the entire yeah. movie. He can't even just go to meet somebody without some woman coming up and talking to him. He almost gets in a fight. Like, yeah. like throughout the whole yeah. movie, and, and then at the very end, like we're still reminded that with all this problem solved and all these got still got all this money, all of a sudden like those two cops go creeping Definitely. by, and we're reminded like, yep, still fucking vulnerable to, he, to the to the to the systemic he, racism that oppresses him. He can't even awesome.
4: walk into the goddamn building to talk to his his you know main contact because it's a whites only section. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the thing. And uh,
2: to to Travis's point, uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of the things that really works in the movie. When he gets interrogated by those two cops, mm-hmm. he's scared shitless. Like I'm scared shitless like, like, for him. Exactly right. So let's like that scene in any other like detective like story, it's a white guy and he's like he gets let's like like snap crackle pop like dialogue, right? Like yeah, well you know your mother, right? No, he's like scared shitless. He's in an interrogation with two white cops right. who all who are obviously not telling everything he needs to know, and he's there to give them information, and he knows that, and he knows he has to get out of that room alive somehow. Yeah, and he's and like, like he, hands yeah. up and shit. And when he, when he, when he pushes that cop away, he knows he fucked up. He gets up against the wall. Like as soon as like that, that scene is, that scene is like a, it's, it's really good. That's all I can
3: say. Yeah. Yeah. And when, <laughs> no, when when cop, Go ahead. When, when, sorry. But when the, when the cop says to him, like, we'll take you up back and shoot him. Like, that's not a threat. Like that's a, that's a yeah. possibility for him. Um, and this is what, in like most movies, when you're watching a movie, like, you know, the protagonist is going to be okay. And I've watched yeah. this movie before a few times. And I'm watching the movie the night before last or whatever. And I'm just like, oh God, I hope that this happens to
1: I got to disagree with you there. See, so there's just no way that would fly either. Even though they're doing a good job of presenting a reality that is factual. I give you mm-hmm. that. But I'm never, that would never cross my mind in this movie. I was like, even the scene where. Uh, Sizemore's I mean, not, dude rolls back really, into the kitchen with his assholes. I understand what a
3: protagonist is. I mean, I'm just saying. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't happen for me, oh, yeah. I want that to be represented as well. And oh, when they're in the okay. kitchen and threatening him again, and he's like, he's scared again. He's, you know, his eyes are water. You know, Denzel does a really good job oh. of emoting the fear within himself in all of his films. Yeah. You know, he can play a hard-ass, badass motherfucker, but he can also play a guy who wants to be strong, but is terrified inside almost as well as anybody. Yeah. And he does that in this movie, several different scenes and it comes through shiningly.
4: When you talk about this, we, we, we have to backtrack a little bit in my, in my opinion, when you talk about this character of Ezekiel, they introduce him in a, such a fucking great way because he's a black man sitting in a bar where when a white man walks in there, it's, it's different. I mean, it's unusual. Right. And then they, stops. they go to his neighborhood, which is a neighborhood you're only going to see in LA in the 1940s. It's going to change in the 50s, 60s, and especially thereafter. But they do such a good job of creating this character that has this tension throughout the rest of the film. We are lucky and fortunate enough to know about it now here in the 21st century. I doubt even people in the 90s saw this through line of tension that he had to deal with during the, uh, when they watched it in the 90s. But <laughs> it's to be white people. It
3: wasn't that far back. Yeah, I yeah, mean. you mean yeah, you mean white people may not have noticed, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Right. Can I? Yeah.
4: Can I continue? Anyway, not when yeah. you say things, they'll be challenged on this show. Oh, okay, but it, it's it's a black man in 1948 who owns his own house in a neighborhood that is a beautiful neighborhood that always has to keep his fucking head turned around his shoulder because it's being challenged because someone's his, trying to chop his <throat>
1: trees down.
4: By his employer, by the guy who's trying to chop his cheese down, and even possible employers. They do a fucking great job of introducing the character, but go
3: ahead. You guys want to crack jokes? Speaking of speaking of the multiple characters and the guy that wants to chop his tree down, that's another thing I really appreciate about this movie is that there's a huge host of characters. And every single one of them serves some function. There's like one character yeah. in the whole movie where I'm like, what yeah. function does this guy serve? And at the very end of the movie, he just is his friend. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, brilliant. Because yeah. I noticed that as I'm watching it, I'm like, because even like the guy that wants to chop down trees ends up saving his life at one point, basically. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like, yeah. oh, man, this is this. And again, like, that's that's a classic trope, too. I mean, this movie just follows like it's so cookie cutter. But at the same time, it's like this unique spin on everything. Uh, and it's just utterly absorbing from start to finish.
1: Yeah, he blew him off when he's trying to get his attention in that moment where he's going to get killed. But he finally stops at the very last second to it's look, another, and then he doesn't die. Else? And by the way, yeah. I thought the guy's name was Miles. It's Mouse. I, I mouse. thought it was. I, I never yeah. heard Mouse the whole movie, but that's not. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Don, uh, Don Cheadle. Cheadle yeah, yeah Jesus, Don Cheadle's man. character yeah. comes into this, and he, Don Cheadle's character is one of the most interesting to me because he's so. And he insane. doesn't fill any tropes to me. This guy's just like I don't yeah. know what this guy's
2: gonna so, do. So so I was yeah, so I was watching this. Uh, Alina was watching this with me. She had never seen it before either. And that scene when uh, Mouse is introduced, and you know, and we he's like, he his, yeah, he puts his uh, he puts his big you know like uh, six shooter away, and you're like, okay, this guy's about to like talk this guy or like you know try to negotiate with him. And then he pulls out a small caliber like sidearm and shoots him in the shoulder. Alina like jump like what the fuck the hell like it was. It's such a jarring scene. It's played so perfectly.
4: Mouse, uh, he doesn't even know the woman. He has no idea what the situation he has is. no idea what's he going on. He just knows
3: his friend his best with
2: <laughs> and his friend needs to find out information. Like that's all Mouse knows. Yeah. You know? so, he's,
3: he's such a sadist. He actually kind of reminds me of Tom yeah. Ripley a little bit. Like he just cannot help but kill. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like he like he like he just can't help. Like, why'd you leave him with me then? You wanted me to kill him, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> What like, happened to Although I, I, I will say though, I will say though that in in
2: that instance when he does kill him, he does have a reason, and that's the one thing you don't mess with his friends. It's, it's, it comes down to mouse; you don't mess with his friends. He knows that that guy killed uh, the, cool. the, the other guys. Uh, the other guys, Coretta, yeah. So that's why he gets a little pissed off and shoots out the window. Right?
4: And easy is more discerning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we, Mike? Can we go back a little bit and talk about like what the I mean, or what? What is the plot of this movie? Because it is it's convoluted, like any oh, no. good film noir should be. But like, you have a MacGuffin where with Jennifer <laughs> Beals, who you know, uh, anybody uh, watches the show knows I love fucking flashdance, but this is horrifically <laughs> passed. Yeah, she's terrible in this.
1: That's my opinion.
4: But but I mean, what, what, what is the who, story? Beals? Yeah. yeah. I love, I love Beals, Beals and, Roger and Roger Dodger. 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 I, like, I like
1: Beals, but in this movie, I did not like Beals particularly. I thought it was not a great. Well, everybody
4: film. knew. I mean, it was 1995. At this point, everyone was pretty familiar with the fact that she was a biracial, gorgeous, beyond gorgeous actress. But a, a big part of the plot depends on what, the fact that you uh, have apprehensions about this femme fatale woman. But we, uh, the audience, had to have known that she was uh, a biracial actor. Am I wrong?
0: I think there's too? The yeah.
4: Well, you know, back
2: when I was uh, 16 watching this, set, no, I did not know that. Um, so that was kind of a surprise. There you go. But, you know, obviously, you know, now yeah, the audience is probably a little bit smarter.
3: Well, don't I mean, know, I don't know. that's one of the things uh-huh. I, I liked about the movie, too, is that it brings up the whole idea of passing, which is something. It's an, it's yeah. an uncomfortable idea. And it was so common in American history for so long that. um you know, but but it, it's something that uh, we don't want to countenance. And why would we? You know, it's disgusting um, that people would feel compelled to have to live that way. Um, so I mean, so for me, it was another I mean, like whether you knew her background or not, who gives a shit? I mean, it, it's 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 her, like the characters in the movie didn't know.
1: Yeah. OK. All right, yeah. That, passing. Yeah. That's a good point, Travis. Uh, by the way, this is Cinema 9 Pod. We're talking about yeah. Devil in a Blue Dress. In case you forgot, Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Let us know what you think about this film. Brian Madison chose this film. But I didn't get a clear answer. Is Jennifer Beals an actress that you really enjoy her work, or is this one of the lesser parts for you in this film? I just want to get your opinion on that.
2: So, in the service of the story, I think she does a fantastic job. Uh, is she uh, like a great actor? I mean, no. Um, but uh, as a as as a um. I mean, yeah, she is kind of a walking MacGuffin throughout the film as as like a a desirable object in the film. She serves her purpose pretty damn well. Right. I mean, she's dropped that gorgeous like you can't take your eyes off her. And I I think that's the point where it's like you're not paying attention to the other things. You're just looking at it. Right. And so um, in, in, in that way, I think she I think she's perfect for the film.
3: And real quick, is, is someone making the argument that we shouldn't have had a mixed-race person playing a mixed-race person in 1995? I think that's a good thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, oh, I, don't I don't think anybody was making that point. I
3: don't, I don't I think, think so. so. <laughs> 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 I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't sure what the point was, and if, if we're talking about Jennifer Beals... I, I think Gobi was just asking, about like, asking talent.
2: is she good in the film? And yeah. like, okay, yeah, 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 I, I, I think she's I,
4: good. I'll, I'll take that, I'll, and I will say, look at Jay Davidson, The Crying Game. We oh, geez, the actor.
0: Yeah.
4: And the, 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 the point I and mean, on the mystery and what people, the, the tension was built on was the fact that this was a man. So if you you could hire what? an actress yeah. that you yeah. weren't really right. sure and then, you know, have the, the mystery be secure. But, and that, this, I mean, a lot of critics said that like, clearly we already know the the surprise of the story is that this, this woman is half black. So Yeah. But it th- could have hired a newcomer or something like that. That,
1: yeah, i guess i want to think about that for a minute because i wasn't even thinking about her race or anything i guess i was just looking at her as a character and maybe i should
4: have i guess I it was just assume so. because i, should
1: have. <laughs> I, should, right, I mean I, that's not how i i do I, 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 I just assumed she was i didn't I, think about what she I, was at all i was just okay. thinking about what her actions were so i guess that's what i was focusing on. I'm like what is this woman up to what is she doing that was all that i kept thinking about when i, I watched this as a first time really a
4: good actor so as far as femme fatale is concerned they could have probably did a little better in the acting department.
3: I mean, maybe she's not the greatest actor in the world, but as far as the character goes, um, I, I like that. She kind of haunts the movie in a lot of ways. She likes that. She's like this, uh, ethereal yeah. figure that, kinda, that, that comes in and comes out. I, I, don't like the blue dress aspect that she only wears blue dresses all the time. I feel like that's just so that it can conform to the song, which also she's not very devilish. Um, So like, I I, I think that, I think the title is just like, Hey, devil in a blue dress. Why not? People know that <laughs> shit. Like, I mean, like I don't know. You might as well call it blue <laughs> the oyster. There she is. She's in a blue dress. dress. Yeah,
4: there you go. <laughs> she wears a blue
1: housecoat too. I think it's always blue. You're right. <laughs> going
4: going, but, going right. back to the Mike. Going back to the narration really quick. They do say at some point, Ezekiel says, "Oh, she ended up spilling her whole heart out to me." That's one scene I I really wish we could have seen where she divulges. Oh, in the car usually, on the way back. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. usually see that in a in a film like this, but I'm worried that Jennifer Beale's just performance sucked, and they were just like, ah, fuck, we got to delete it." Get yeah, I was,
3: was kind of grateful that we didn't have to endure that. Like, I need to <laughs> sum it up. That's fine. <laughs>
1: but look, I want to talk about uh, Jappy. I mean, what's up with this guy? I feel like J- there should Jappy. have a, <laughs> Jappy. Jappy? Yeah. I feel like yeah, there's yeah. a scene Jappy. missing there. Like, I. He just shows up so, and he's pissed when he comes back to the bar and, he, and Denzel's in disbelief. He can't believe that maybe this guy betrayed him the first time, not the second time. Oh, and, I love it when he's beat well,
3: the shit well, out of his marble. Yes. Love. yes. I, yes. I love that scene.
1: Yeah, love that. yeah. It's very intense. You're right. And Denzel's furious and doing his best Denzel when he's angry, but he's also hurt. Yeah, but I don't he knows, know the
3: relationship. Because no, he, he, he knows that he only told two people about this, about this woman. Joppy and, was one. Joppy was one and a dead person's the other one. So it, it only could have been Joppy. But he also so he,
1: got him involved in this in the beginning because he's at his bar, right, where this right. all and he, starts. And he, well, and he yeah. says,
3: and that and that comes up later on. Like Joppy very intentionally dragged him into. I mean, he like he invited Tom Sizemore's character, to, you know, to like come meet him. Like he's he, like he set him up basically. Joppy yeah. dragged him into
2: this. I, I imagine Dewitt said something to the effect of, uh, "Do you know anybody that can be easily manipulated and get shit done and find somebody?" And is broke. <laughs> and then yeah, and is broke. And Joppy's like that guy right over there yep. yeah. So, it, yeah it really
1: is painful i felt bad for uh that exchange really i, I was confused as a first time viewer again this is all new to, new me. to me and, and not, not knowing me. what exactly was happening who was manipulating who this movie really had me confused and on the edge of my Green, because one i side didn't
3: it's the other right
1: <laughs> <laughs> the knudson's yeah yeah you're right it's it is like the big Lebowski in that well, sense it's less funny but yeah and
3: that's what I, one of the things i liked about it and what made me think of the big Lebowski and what made me think this is like a classic film noir and that the plot is convoluted like i was i was going to sit down and like try and like chart it out like this happens wait then this wait who and then more Chicken shows up and he, he's, like, he's, like, <laughs> he's like he's like terry sex, Kinney. Yeah, sex just watched sleepers Harry, recently sex oh. past taken <laughs> <laughs> like um so it was kind of hard, having yeah. a hard time following it too but but ultimately i kind of like that kind of like ebert it's like does it really matter i don't know like yeah like, well, you know like, i mean like,
2: all, all the best ones for the most part uh like really
3: brick follow. i
2: love brick right yeah brick Love brick. One I love brick. I, in fact i almost um, well, Brick was also on the list, by the right? That would have been amazing. But, but like, if you could, if anyone of you can explain to me, like the plot of Brick, I, I, I'll, I'll give you $100 right now. <laughs> I,
4: I, I think they, they, uh, they but that's the thing, though, right? Like Lucas Haas wouldn't intimidate
1: that. anybody. That's, that's the plot. Yeah. So.
2: yeah.
4: That's that's yeah. the whole thing. Pile on a convoluted plot line and you have your Noir. But Noir in the 90s is one thing throughout the entire movie. I'm like, Christ. I'm thinking about the '90s. I'm like, what kind of noir do we have in the '90s? After something like
3: the Two Jakes, <laughs> <laughs> <The two games>, very <laughs> <they> confidential. Like- <laughs> I mean, in 90- you know, after this,
2: uh- uh, seven, seven's kind of a noir.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, but you get into this neo-noir, which is yeah. seven, which is Bad Lieutenant, which is State of Grace. It's like this new noir. So to go back and and try to it's a classic, of- classic. Rock. Pay homage. It's almost like the genre has been because maybe the maybe the Coens. The genre has been a little bit polluted. Might be too big of a word for that, but but by that. So until Curtis Hanson does *Ellie Confidential* and you got *Memento*, it was such a weird genre that I'm. I don't. I I can't unforgive audience for 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 maybe ignoring this film because it was just out of nowhere back then. It was just more uh, familiarity was. Was too much for me back then.
3: Yeah, it went under the radar pretty much it at did. the time. I don't even know if it had a theatrical release, and if it did, I think it was pretty limited. I tell you, because of- well, it was. So, it was so did
2: three movies that year too. I'm sorry, Eric. I didn't know that too. Sorry, but he did three movies that year. Crimson Tide was one, which is great, and then the other one was Virtuosity, which isn't. But, but it those two movies. But those two movies played all the. You know, Come on now, Brian. And this <laughs> was it was. <laughs> but it was sandwiched in between those two movies. And, yeah. uh, so, you know,
4: this, I mean, comes out guy the, guy this Tom Sizemore had a bigger 95 with heat. This Bro. comes out the weekend of the OJ Simpson verdict. So like, oh audiences shit, don't it, did go it? To fucking theater. it did. It did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It Holy hell. No. I, uh, I didn't know that. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a summertime.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what, <laughs> this is a movie that confuses me and will continue. Tend to confuse me with certain plot points, but that doesn't matter because there's so many fun characters, no. like Travis said, and they all play a role. And when Terry Kinney shows up in this movie, and like he's being mysterious, and everyone's offering money to him from many different points of views, and you don't know what the money's for, I was like really surprised that that all came back to a, a kitty. You know, this guy's a kitty porn sick fuck. Yeah, he's you know that surprised me. I was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, the, this is you know, what this is all about. Candidates. How
3: about the fact that that Todd Tyrell? Tyrell? No, the the other guy, Todd Todd. Carter. Todd Carter. Carter. How how about the fact that Todd Carter doesn't make that? He doesn't even give that shit to the police. He just uh, eventually uses it to blackmail uh, Tyrell out of the race. When he's like, "Ugh, there's no justice served."
1: Right, and 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 Easy thinks that he's going to use it to his benefit so that they can be together, him and Daphne. But like Easy's beautiful narration in that scene offers yeah. the point that even a man as rich as Todd Carter can't cross the color line. That is really what, that's narration at his best in this film.
2: Right, right.
4: How good is Denzel in this role? I mean, he, in my opinion, Dude, I'm watching this. I'm like, he's so fucking good that you don't even stop to think about, like, like how can, his so, performance is holding up. He's just, I'm glad you brought that like, up. The charm. It's just like, it's, it's, it goes without question.
2: Because can we talk about his career up until 1995, right? So if you think of Denzel Washington, the actor, up until 1995, he does glory, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Philadelphia.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's like it's it's crazy. Like he is he like he's he's on his way. 1995. That's when he becomes a movie star. Like he's a great actor before. Like everybody's well, like Denzel
3: Ricochet was before. I mean, let's well, go. Yeah, but I mean, well, so was Malcolm but I mean, X, 92. But I mean,
2: yeah. And Malcolm X too as well. But then 1995 is when he becomes like a movie star. right? So Crimson Tide, uh, Virtuosity, all that type of stuff, uh, hit or miss here and there, but like he goes for it. He really goes for it in 1995.
1: Yeah. So, and by the way, movie, I love Ricochet, Travis. Uh, very great. underrated. I John Lithgow, Kevin Rick Pollack. I'm awesome.
3: Awesome. awesome um, yeah, I, I really love Denzel in this. I mean, um, like 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 Mike, I think you made some really great points about the vulnerability and strength that he shows. Or maybe that was Eric. One of you two um, did a great job talking about that. I thought, I thought his performance was really strong in this, and he's super charismatic, just obvious movie star through the whole movie, and uh, I dig the pencil-thin mustache, and like... I mean, like the dude's always been a sexy dude, but has he ever been sexier than in this fucking movie? I'm just like, damn, Denzel, like I'm kind of feeling you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, okay. I don't know. He's pretty hot in Ricochet, you know, and he yeah, gets, sure. there's some nudity in that movie too, just for I'm the kidding, Yeah, I'm behind the
2: here. back shot, the
4: trick I'm, shot. i yeah. <laughs> here talking on mute, but in, in uh, 1951, Marlon Brando sold more shirts I, I think the term White Beater should go away, never come back. But then any other like thing in history. But fucking, when 1995 came around, they, those things should have been off the racks because no one can fill a uh, shirt like that more than Denzel. But, <laughs> but the thing about this character is, you, you got to think of I go back to the introduction of him. Okay? Everybody has seen Elliot Gould, Robert Mitchum, uh, William <laughs> Holden, all these characters that what? They did the, they did the film Mitchell, noir, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> tough guy, out of shape guy, just makes me laugh. That's what I always I think of. It? Right. I,
4: out of the past is one of the best of all, of all time. <laughs> um. Anyway, if you know your film history, you'll you'll know that uh, there's yeah. some great actors that have been in film noirs, and, but there's Holger. never yeah. been a. I'm not going to call this a black film noir because that would be stupid, but but there hasn't <laughs> been a but there hasn't been a character like this from this. Perspective, and this is a black perspective on Los Angeles in the ni- in the late nineteen forties. In, in you know, love it or leave it. He he is a detective, and yeah. and he has to he has to. What, what do they say? The entirety of this movie, they say there's a line. Okay, for me, this movie there's always this fucking color line. You can cross it, you can this or that with it, but like they they don't preach to you. It's, just, it's all in the circumstances. It's all in the character development, the dialogue and, and everything. I think this is one of the best movies about like the, the socio-political environment of, of Los Angeles for Black people that's ever been told. And it, it just so happens it's a detective movie. You talk wow. about James Elroy. You talk about uh, Raymond Chandler. For me, this holds up for so many reasons and in, in, in for these alone. Yeah, well, I, know, I guess. That, yeah. yeah, I guess we're yeah, getting we're into
1: good. it. Yeah, we're about that time. Uh, I mean, does this movie hold up? Uh, <laughs> Brian, you picked it, so I assume that you probably assume. Is, I don't you want you to go, go first because I assume you guys, we were going to say yes.
2: Yeah. So. Well, okay. So yeah, I, I guess I can go first real quick. I won't uh, take up too much time. So I know some of you guys might have some feelings about this, but say yes, whatever you want. For me, for me, it uh, it definitely holds up. Still holds up. We, like I said, we. Alina had not seen it yet and we watched it uh, the Irene. other day and she loved it loved it um and uh yeah it's uh it's for all the reasons I already mentioned you know i mean it's uh it's it's a unique uh film noir in that it's from a perspective that uh, to my estimation was never done before that and by North the way Pierce? this this North is the Finn? only this is the only easy rollins adaptation right there's 19 books but this is the only one
4: They've been trying forever, but leave it to Hollywood to not give what Lawrence Fishburne, Jeffrey Wright tried it. No one.
2: Right. So, uh, yeah. So, so in that regard, this movie, uh, holds up. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. It's an important film, uh, for me personally. And, um, I think it's important film for the genre. So.
1: Beautiful. Well said, Brian, uh, Eric, did you, I think you already said it held up, right? Wasn't that what you said? Don't try, you
4: to, <laughs> don't try to sum me up. I have a lot. No, to sum I mean you me just—you said this movie. <laughs> Take your time. Oh, go Eric. ahead. Go ahead, Eric. I, and, uh, uh, I mean, you got this character that is a black man in 1948 trying to get his deserved chunk of the artificial Norman Rockwell American dream. He's a fucking veteran. He comes back and he's out of work because of clearly his fucking race. I mean. It, um, You have a very fucking interesting character. And like you guys said, he's not a private detective. He's tossed into these circumstances. You've got fucking Don Cheetah. Look, if you want to have him killed, why didn't you – why did you leave him with me? you got this fucking awesome character. No one's ever even seen how cool this is, man. Um, Great atmosphere. Great production design. Great set design. The story for me (sighs) – I'm sorry, it gets a little tepid. And I know all film noirs get so <laughs> convoluted for and at a certain point, you just don't care. And at a certain <laughs> point, I'm going to tell you, I just really didn't care that much. But it's the performances <laughs> and the gorgeous set design that absolutely make this hold up. It has to be seen because of the perspective. This is pre-John Singleton's L.A. And it's it's nowhere to be yeah. found in James Elroy's L.A. when it comes to Pop Oil's film noir check
1: it out beautiful uh this movie holds beautiful. up to me there's nothing really to add to all that you guys are correct I uh all the points you made yes it's unique and it deserves its time and praise it's not terrible it's well acted it's set design period piece all the aspects of it that would make it a useful and relevant piece going forward in the decades ahead I actually think this movie is timeless too, because there's a lot of things about it that's still irrelevant today. Not all of it, but there's still uh, several aspects of this that you could make a film out of some of the pieces from yeah. this film today and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's totally legit. That that's what's going on right now. So uh, there's been some progress, but the, this film was also a reminder of the tremendous lack of progress in other areas. So. Great movie. I'm glad that you chose this, Brian. Glad I got to watch it and uh, comment on it with you guys. And I'm really, uh, I was really surprised. I thought it was going to be something a lot different. I, I really didn't even know it was a noir <laughs> because of the title. And I, I mean, I guess the, you know, him and the tank top should have told me that maybe that was the case, but I just didn't even bother to look into what this movie was about at all. So I went to in as about as fresh as you could be for a 25 year old plus movie, which I guess uh, was a saving grace for me. And I'm really grateful that I was able to have that opportunity. So
3: good job, film. Travis? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad that you picked this this movie. I, I don't know that I would have rewatched it anytime soon. Otherwise, even though I did enjoy it back in the day. Um, so I'm glad to have rewatched it, and I'm happy to say that I absolutely agree that it holds up. I think that there's not a lot of movies that I would have liked a sequel to, or even still would like a sequel to. But there's so many books from this guy. I, you know, Denzel could do a sequel now at this age, and it'd probably be awesome. Or I, you know, I, I, could, I could see Michael B. Jordan in the role. He would yes, fucking kill it. Um, you know, so I, I, th- I think that I'd like to see more of Easy Rawls. Absolutely,
4: Travis.
1: Yeah,
3: so yeah, it holds up. There it is,
1: everybody. It holds there you up. Go. Brian, do
2: you feel good that your Brian?
1: movie was completely held up by the entire cast? Do you I still
4: like make your own pick?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, I, I absolutely uh, am proud of the fact that it still holds up. But I'm, uh, I'm even more happier to uh, hang out and see you guys, man.
3: So, Likewise. you know, good to have you on, man. We'll have you back. We'll yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You, you
1: did the pod well, Brian, and we want to congratulate you. And, uh, yes, it's great to see you with the uh, coronavirus and all that shit going on. We don't get yeah, to see each other hero. enough. You're so. an American
3: hero.
1: <laughs> you are. Yes, he is an American hero. And I, I think well, Eric's I'm getting working. emotional. I mean, this is very powerful stuff. So I I want to thank you for coming on the show, and we will definitely have you back on. Thank you, Brian.
2: Hey, Thanks, guys.
3: Eric, Good I'll to see answer. you. You uh, need to say? You look real emotional right now. I <laughs> you good, bud? I am. I mean, we didn't...
4: We, I'm emotional because we didn't talk about Carl Franklin. Now, this is a guy who is <laughs> he's a black filmmaker. He's <laughs> been grinding it out. This is true. He's, yeah. he's still with us. He's been yeah. grinding out his whole life. and still he's doing, doing it. Out, right? He's doing, like, television now, but, like... But good television. Yeah. Great. Good, yeah, good, it's true. Good, good television, yeah. but... If you go out and watch his film, his first film, One False Move, from 1992, it's so uh-huh. yeah. fucking good with Bill Bob Thornton and Bill Paxson. It's it's just it's, – it's hard-boiled, too. And some say it's even darker than this and more pop boiled But no one had the courage and the fucking guts, and especially a studio. But God bless TriStar because you're going to take a black perspective from this, this period and this everything. They yeah. throw all this millions of dollars at them just to – give us this look that no one else has ever done from this perspective i think that's why it holds up the most for me in my heart
1: and i think demi was a big force Excellent. behind this too we got to it for that good job demi okay uh this is the cinema 9 pod we thank you for listening we're going to give you next week's selection here travis is going to have the floor momentarily brian I, I bet you're really excited for this because travis is going to reveal next week's selection no, like, I definitely want to
2: know. Listen. Right. Yeah. It's going to be very. Rotation, I'm telling you. You watch
1: the show, man? <laughs> he does. Well, well, I listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's a man yeah. on the move. He listens. And don't forget, this is in podcast form on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, all the Google Play crap, whatever exists. Give us a five star rating on Apple Pod, and we would welcome it. And thank you for your time on a lovely review if you would be so kind. Travis Roy, thank you, you now have the floor for next right. week's show.
3: I have the floor for next week's show. So, for. Uh, for you know it's a new year. I thought uh, I would make some changes a little bit. I would get us out of the fucking nineties. I love the nineties. Oh There's so God, many good movies. I'm, going gonna into ta- the I'm, I'm gonna do more than take us out of the nineties. I'm gonna take us to the most recent movie that we've done on this show yet. I'm taking us to 2012. 2012. Yes. 2012. We are going to watch for the purposes of the show, Cloud Atlas. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> oh, oh wow. my God. Wow. Says, is- Cloud Atlas, folks. That's what we're doing. <laughs> wow. I've
2: stayed,
3: a- I've stayed away. I, true, I true.
2: Yeah, okay. All right. True, true. <laughs> oh, man. You've never seen <laughs> what, it there? What,
3: what? I,
4: I, I, the, it looks so boring, but I keep so, hearing great things. What, it's
2: extremely
3: so, divisive. Divisive.
2: Extremely All divisive, I yes. Go ahead, Brian. But wow. I, wow. I will say, though, that uh, the uh, Six myth storyline is uh, – that's some heartbreaking shit, man. That's uh, yeah. it's it's a real. It's a real good seven in there. But like, yeah, this weird. is the I can't it. wait. I can't wait to listen to it. Can't wait to listen to the rest. is our
4: Is that first Wachowski's effort? I'm I'm surprised we haven't done Bound yet. But come on now.
2: No, not, yeah. had, uh,
4: Lana and Lily. I want to get this right. Lily Wachowski, two in, in in so important filmmakers. We've never touched on him until now. Them until now, them right. Do I got my pronouns right? Okay, oh, oh, I believe there are them. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, uh, all right. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. let's. uh, oh, Good job. You, you did a great are you, job. What, are we going to edit this? Anyway, no, this I, is live. What you can not edit me
4: so.
3: I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, Mike.
1: I think uh, somebody had one too many. At just
3: one more, oh, some <laughs> <laughs> of jokes about my oh, giant yeah. beer, and here I am, not peeing wow. or slobbering all over myself. Well, Eric, look,
1: like the the Matrix trilogy was like their biggest thing, and we weren't going to cover that, right? Because that's like. Or
3: maybe That's we would have. Maybe we would have covered it. I don't know.
1: Well, I, I mean, if-
3: it's pretty obvious. I mean, that we know everyone knows that the first Matrix is good, and the yes. second and third are shit. So there's really yes, no reason exactly. to bring it out of the show. That's- yeah. Um, Thank you Travis. Cloud that Cloud exactly is exactly my point. Is, is a pretty Thank divisive you, movie. People tend to love it or hate it. So I thought it'd be fun, especially I figured I, I yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad I, you I, haven't seen it, Eric, I, so I am I'm, I'm curious to see what you think of it. I'm jealous I, of Eric cuz I wish
1: I had never seen Are it cuz I only saw it for the first time 3 years ago and I was like, what? I, So was... I
2: I like I like uh, Cloud Atlas. I love I I have the book too as well. That's one I'm of the, the one few few of his books that I read and uh I like Cloud Atlas and Alina fucking hates <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, we watched it together she was like are you fucking serious man and I'm like no I love this movie this, it is it is a very divisive film I cannot yeah. wait to hear this next episode for it's sure. long
1: too long it's the
3: longest fuck a, a long <laughs> movie yeah. yeah
1: you're gonna need like <laughs> maybe we should take a day off for this one okay great cloud Landless. Uh what a shocking call this is good I like this Travis I like that you took us out of the 90s I'm actually grateful for that thank that's you time. All right, uh, Cinnamon iPod, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Brian, thank you for being here. This was fantastic. Hey, Brian, we'll see you again later this year, and we do appreciate your patronage as well.
4: Bye, everybody. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Brian. <laughs> Bye, guys.